Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord is good. And all the time, that God is always like that. When we say it is his nature, we know that's what he means. And it means that the Lord is good. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for coming for today's service. And before I share in the word of God, I'd like to remind each one of us that we have a fundraising uh, for the ministry on the 30th of January, 2022. We have lined up up to four uh, uh, missions this uh, first quarter of 2022. And so we need to raise money even for taking care of this mission, uh, mission hall and center. So we need to raise at least, uh, at least uh, a lot of money for that work. Praise God. Amen. Because we need to buy food for the missionaries who come. We need to cover some of the traveling expenses. Uh, we need to uh, also get money for generator. We also need to uh, pay for uh, the transport of the equipment uh, and the dyers. So there are a lot of costs involved. But all in all, we bless the Lord because uh, we know this is for the glory of God. And even for those who are listening to us and hearing us online, uh, the Bible says uh, in very many places, Paul telling the church, and I believe if you're listening to us, you're part of this church uh, online, that send those men who carry the gospel in a good way. Let me read for you in the book of uh, in the letter of John, the third letter of John, verse 6. The third letter of John, verse 6, the Bible says, the Bible says, we can actually start from verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner that is worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from Gentiles. Verse 8, the Bible says, We therefore need all to receive such that we become fellow workers for the truth. So whenever somebody sends somebody on a mission or make a contribution of their resources that is maybe used in the work of reaching out uh, with the gospel, then that person becomes a fellow worker. And that is what I'm calling those who are listening to us. Come and join us and be a fellow worker with us as we go out and share in the word of God. Uh, and that is what the Lord desires. If you have not had something else you think you would do to please God, that is one thing that you would do. Because uh, beautiful are the feet that take the gospel of peace to the nations, the gospel of good tidings to those who are desperate and hopeless. So when you come and join us, uh, the Lord will be blessed for you. You could be there and perhaps you have no money. I also invite you to bring in uh, other materials. You can donate, donate to us shoes of any age, uh, clothes, and we always insist on new, on almost new clothes. Uh, you can also donate to us food, uh, like uh, wheat flour, rice, beans, and whatever it is. And we'll be receiving all those things on uh, the 30th of January, uh, 2022, uh, and we'll, that is set for the afternoon from 2 uh, in the evening. Uh, and God is faithful uh, when you participate in this. You'll be glorified uh, in your act of kindness. You'll be glorified when you participate and uh, fellowship with us as we take the gospel of peace to the nations. Uh, may the Lord bless you so much uh, for this day. 
Today we have a sharing of the word. And I know how many times we speak and we also listen to the gospel. And we find it sometimes very hard to know what the Bible is speaking about. Because sometimes it seems like it is not it's not true. Why? Because of our own expectations. But you also need to know that the Lord expects so much from us also. So if you expect so much from the Lord, when you listen to his word, I said we must respond to the word. When the Lord speaks, you must do something about it. But the highest level of responding to the word of God is letting go of what you want. The highest level of responding to the word of God is letting go of what you want and letting him do what he wants. That is the highest level. And the Lord expects from us. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. That's where we're going to draw our topic today. And today we're going to talk about sacrifice. And not the sacrifice that was offered. Where the priests would uh, cut the throat of an animal and make sure he collects the blood then offers the animal as it was instructed in the law of Moses. And as it lay lifeless on the altar and the incense, and the aroma goes up, they would say, yes, we have offered unto the Lord a sacrifice. But it was not themselves, but an animal that was to bear the sin of the offender who was man. Why we always teach doctrines before we apply the knowledge of the scriptures is because the doctrine is the foundation upon which any other application is built upon. And I think I've told you this a hundred times. That if the doctrine is wrong, the application will be wrong. And that's why today the church does not seem to draw from the same instruction. You find these people are doing this way, and these ones are doing this way, and these are doing this way. It is not the diversity of worship, but the diversity or the foundations that makes people do those things. Praise God. Amen. So one, we regard one day better than the other. So if you are a Seventh-day Adventist, you think other people because they don't worship on a Saturday, it's a problem. But Paul is saying, whoever has a regard for the day, and the one who has no regard for the day, both of them do so to honor God. Praise God. So another one, we say you have to pay your tithes on time. Because if you don't pay your tithes on time, you're not going to go to heaven. And so they bring their tithes and not worry about anything else, because tithe is a means and a basis by upon which a man goes to heaven according to their doctrine. So that diversion is based on the wrong foundation. Praise God. Another one, unless you give too much to God, God is not going to bless you. But the Bible says we are not blessed. But we give because our hearts are outpouring with the love that we have for God from what we have already received. Praise God. So it is the basis upon which any action or any work man does in the name of the Lord shall do. So if the foundation is not right, then the actions will not be right. But if the foundations are sound, then you do right. So Paul is saying, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you read from verse um, uh, 8 down, he says, the foundation is already laid. Let he who builds build carefully. Because his work shall be tested. 
So when you insist on doctrine, don't worry yourself about it. Worry that you understand the doctrine and that it's the right doctrine. Praise God. Because every person who teaches, they're going to tell you, they're going to teach the right doctrine. But it's not the case. Many have gone out with the word. But very few speak the truth. Paul speaks in the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 5 says, I did not submit to any of their opinions. I was careful to preserve the gospel which I'm delivering to you. And that should be the, uh, the attitude of every preacher and every teacher that I'm careful of the kind of doctrine that I deliver to you. And I'm careful about the doctrine that I'm going to preach and teach. Because I know it's the foundation upon which any man shall be built in the, his work with the, with the Lord. So when we talk about sacrifices, let nobody introduce another sacrifice now. Because all the sacrifices that are offered, the killing of loves and, 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 and every kind of animal that was sacrificed, they were all pointing to Jesus. And that's why John says, the love of God that takes the sin of the world. He says, behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Because he knew there was a proper shift when Christ appeared in the sea. No more cows or cattle or goats or sheep were supposed to die anymore. Because the one who concluded all that was happening before has come. And it is season also to die and offer a fitting sacrifice that the Lord will accept. Not, not every time, but once and for all. That's why we insist the book of Hebrews 10, verse 14. That when Christ is offered, he, is all, he was offered once and for all. So when the Bible says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, it's because you don't need to pay any other thing other than offer your own body as a living sacrifice. Praise God. So when you hear people tell you you must give a sacrifice, for something to happen in your life, they are liars. Their doctrine is based on what they want to get from you. So if you have offered sacrifices and nothing seems to work, it's because the foundation is wrong and Christ cannot build on a false foundation. And so people must take heed to what they listen to and what they believe. So let us go to our topic today, the book of Romans chapter 12, so that we know when you talk about sacrifice, what it is like. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. Let me show you the contrast here. So you're not just giving this sacrifice for the sake of it. So Paul is saying, my brethren, or the love of the Lord, by the masses of God. If I draw back to the book of Romans chapter 11, Verse 35 and 36. Verse 36. The Bible says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. So he's telling these believers, It is of him and through him and to him are all things. It is an acceptance that he is the Lord. It is an acceptance that he has shown you mercy. Praise God. And you know sometimes it doesn't make sense to us because of what we're going through. But look at what Jeremiah writes in the book of Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 22. 
You can actually read uh, even longer than that. In the book of Lamentations, just behind the book of Jeremiah, just before the book of Ezekiel, just there. It's not such a long book. Uh, it's quite, uh, I think it should be five or four chapters. It should be five chapters. Let's go to the third chapter. The Bible says, he's a man, if you read uh, from verse 18, he's a man who is so discouraged. And it seems that this word that, are, that is being spoken to him, really it's not as sweet. He says from verse 18, uh, and I said, he's saying to myself, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall, so the pain and the bitterness inside the heart of this man, because his hope from the Lord is perished. And my pastor says, My soul still remembers and sings within me. So he said, You know what? I'm destroyed. I'm hopeless. I'm desperate. I have nothing left of me. But the Bible says in verse 19, uh, verse 20, my soul still remembers and sings within me. You feel like your heart has left you and sunk so low. This is the man that we're speaking about. But still in that, because he still speaks to himself, these I recall my mind, therefore I have hope. The same person. He's lamenting. He feels destroyed. He feels that my hope is gone and I have nothing. I think he's crying and weeping. But then verse 21 he says, These are recalled to my mind, therefore I have hope. All things might be gone. The anxieties might take the better of me. But I know one thing. Let's see what he says in verse 22. Though the Lord's masses, through the Lord's masses, we are not consumed because his compassion will not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Bible says, Pastor, it's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone and keep silent because the Lord has made it unto him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Praise God. So Paul is saying, even if this is the reality of your situations, my soul will still hope in the Lord. Because his compassion and his love will not fail. So Paul says, in the view of this understanding that you have been redeemed and your sins have been forgiven, and that in that covenant that you have with the Lord, all you need for life and for godliness has been provided. Today morning, I don't know whether it's today morning, I was listening to another person and he was saying, if you get to an airplane and then you have taken off, and then you in the, uh, inside the plane, these beautiful uh, hostesses come to you and they serve you uh, a plate of chicken, you don't ask how much it costs. Do you? Receive, you don't ask how much does it cost me. Or they bring you beef, you say, how much does it cost me? Whatever food they bring to you, you do not know how much it costs. It is none of your business. Because whenever you're given a visa and had a flight paid for, it is within the package. Praise God. 
Now, the covenant we have in Christ contains the masses and the graces of God all packaged in there. But times come, times when we feel anyway, we cannot carry on. Jeremiah in Lamentation says, I have considered this my soul and my heart sinks. Praise God. But as we know, says, I have cornered these things in my heart and I have hope. Why? In the view of the masses of God, his love and his compassion. So when Paul is saying, in the view of the masses of God, beloved, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In that the Lord has loved us so much, and he has loved us unconditionally. In that has loved us unconditionally. You know, if you don't know this, then he's not speaking to you. If you don't know this, he's not. Because he said, in the view of what I already have done for you, please. Like, when you bring up a child, you nurse them, you breastfeed them, you give them food, you pay for their school fees, you clothe them, and then they are teenagers, and they are thinking they can rule over you. And then you call them to order and tell them, you know what, my son? In the view of all these things that I have done to you, the parent has every right to ask that. In the view of all these things I've done for you, could you consider my words for once? Praise God. Yeah. Now God is saying, in the view of all these things that I've provided for you, all these things that I've given you, I ask for only one thing. So he, what does, does he seek? Your understanding first. That's why he says, in the view of all these things, in the view of, if you count all that the Lord has done for you, by his mercies and his great love, by his own grace, the scriptures say, in the view of all these things that the Lord has done for you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What you need to realize is, Sacrifices were offered because people knew they had sinned. They had broken pieces and parts of the road. And so they would say, anyway, let me offer this because I know I have longed the Lord. There are things I have done and I will need to offer sacrifices that will take away my sins. Paul is saying, you need not to do anything like that. The Lord has redeemed you by one and for, for all sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ. So in the view of all these masses, he saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Is God asking too much? He has done so much for me. I cannot, cannot tell it all. Not because he has done so much for you, he's only asking for one, that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Let me tell you, a sacrifice is lifeless, it is dead. A sacrifice is? If you cut the head of a chicken, or you cut the head of a sheep. Is it alive anymore? So the way they would actually place it on the altar and burn and put a lot of firewood under it and then and, and when the, the, the fire was kindled and was right, they would place the lifeless body of that animal and say these are sacrifice to God. It could not move. Yes? As you know, a dead animal can't move. Because life has been taken out of it. It laid there 
at the masses of the one who offered sacrifice. It cannot cry. It is without life. That's what the sacrifice is. But in this case, Paul is saying, I know you are still alive. You still have your flesh, you know. I know you are still envious. Sometimes you feel bitter, you feel like you want to revenge. Yes? Sometimes you lie with your tongue and curse with it. Sometimes your feet carries you to do what is evil. Sometimes you get hold of alcohol with your hands. So this sacrifice that is on the altar of God, it must first die. It must first die. Because if it does not die, it might crawl from the altar. It might decide to walk off. <laughs> Praise God. It might decide. It might decide anyway, I cannot wait for this fire, but I need to walk from there and go enjoy the meat and go enjoy the grass across it. Can you imagine you tie a sheep? And fire is kindled and is still alive, would it allow you? You have to tie it very hard. Praise God. Amen. That's the kind of sacrifice God is asking of us. That even if we have these passions and appetites for things, we must lay on that table and tell the Lord, you know what? Here I am. Even if I'm alive, I'm lifeless before you. That's what the Bible says. We are dead in Christ. We? But alive in Him, in the newness of life. We are dead in, in Him from our passions and appetites and things that the flesh desire. That's what Paul is saying. Offer your bodies as a living. And he literally means that. Those days people could understand. Because they would see people offer sacrifices. Today you go to the village and it's Christmas and you want to slaughter a goat or something. Not many of you can bear your grandfather or your father cut the throat of that goat. Most people will say anyway, I don't have to be here. When you guys are done with cutting its throat, uh, you can call me, I will come. Praise God. Amen. Because the situation and the whole picture is not very nice. It's gruesome, right? It's grievous. It kills something that is life. And that's why you must die in the flesh. And Paul speaks these things somewhere else in the book of Romans chapter 6. And I think we need to read that. The book of Romans chapter 6. Let's get there because the Lord is speaking to us. And he's speaking to us that we may understand. Verse 13. Let's read from verse 12. I think the verse I quoted before is here. Romans 6 verse 11. The Bible says, Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. So as regards your appetite and passions of the flesh, I know you regard yourself as dead. And he says, but the life that he lives, he lives to, uh, 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 but a life to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. As regards life, you are alive in Christ in God. As regards sin, you are indeed dead. That is Romans 6 verse uh, 11. And verse 12 he says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its last. So he's saying, anyway, you are alive on that table, not cruel, to go and feed your passions. And verse 13, this is where uh, the weight of the matter is. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. 
For sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Praise God. Amen. That is something so beautiful. The Bible is saying, your members, your eyes, are fully dedicated to God. They lie on that table, not wondering over what is evil. Praise God. Amen. Your ears, you close them to what you know is not pleasing to God. Today people don't care what they watch on TV. So we have seen even pastors who have come out openly and said, you know what? I've continued in sin. Then they ask, what kind of sin? I have been glued and addicted to pornography. Praise God. Their eyes have not rested on the altar of sacrifice. Jesus told them in the book of Matthew chapter 5, he who looks last straight at a woman has already committed adultery. He said, can your eye lie on the altar as a sacrifice? Praise God. Today, if you want a song to hit, you must include very obscene statements in it. Very wicked lines in the songs. Whether in the local dialect or in foreign language, the songs that people sing after most are those that are sung with very evil motivation, with very evil spirit behind them. So the spirit is saying this scripture, offer your ears to hear that which is pleasing to God. Where is God? Amen. So you watch what you, you care, what you listen to. The Bible says, offer your, what is a mean sacrifice? Don't use your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Because when you use your eyes to watch pornography, you're using your eyes for an unrighteous cause. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you use your ears to listen to evil music, what are you doing? You're offering members of your body for an evil cause. If you use your mouth to lie and to abuse and to curse, if you use your, uh, your mouth like fire and destroy homes, It means your mother has left the altar. It's no longer a sacrifice to God. Paul is saying, uh, Peter, uh, Peter is saying, Paul is saying in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, we offer what? 13, 15, say, let us offer praise from our mouth and from our lips as a sacrifice to God. Acceptable sacrifice to God. And James speaks about the same thing and says, you know what? You cannot use the same mouth to curse and at the same time use the same mouth to bless. You cannot use the same mouth to lie and also the same mouth to speak the truth. Because Jesus said, whatever comes from your mouth is an overflow of your heart. And he says in the book of Matthew, out of a good heart proceedeth good fruit, and out of an evil heart proceeds evil fruit. And then he says, you know them by their fruits. So whatever our members bring forth who show who we are. And if indeed we are dead to sin and alive in Christ, then we must continue to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So you must be careful where you allow your feet to take you to. Praise God. Amen. Peter is saying, if these people uh, think you are strange, 
when you don't join, you don't join them in the parties. When you don't join their reverie in the clubs and the pubs where they drink and uh, participate in all kinds of evil. When you don't go there, just know you obeyed the Lord. So you are careful where your feet can take you. Because these feet must remain on the altar of sacrifice. They must be dead to sin, but alive to the cause of God. Praise God. If it's these hands, they must not handle alcohol or, or, or drugs. Praise God. So if drugs are brought to you and you have to take them down, you know what? I cannot use my members, which is my hand and my mouth, because they are dead to those things. But I can use them to hold on to a microphone, yes, and say that Jesus is Lord. So they are dead to sin, but alive to the cause of God. So offer your body as a living sacrifice, saying the whole members of your body must remain sacred and holy. And that's what the Bible says we have been called to holiness. You have been called to? And our calling is a holy calling. So when Paul is saying, please, offer these bodies as living sacrifice, he's saying, you know what? These members are alive because this animal could not walk or do anything. Life had been taken out of it. Now, this one is a living sacrifice. The life of the flesh that leads a man to sin is dead. So you are dead to sexual immorality. Praise God. You are dead to stealing. You are dead to casting. You are dead to watching pornography. You are dead to masturbation. You are dead to all these things that either defiled your body or your spirit. That is exactly what Paul speaks about in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. And he uses exactly the same thing. He says, therefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Paul is saying the same, same things here. Therefore, in the view of these promises that God has for us, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Since we have received mercy, since we have all these privileges in our lives because of God and what he has provided for us, so in the view of all these things, please, let us depart from every kind of filthiness and evil to the body and to the spirit and perfect holiness. So when Paul is saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, he's just saying, please, you have been called to holiness, quickly go there. That is your place of calling. That is your place of your calling. So if you watch any movie and you think it's evil, or you see anything that is evil in it, please go away from it. If it has instances where there are sexual connotations. Please stay off. If people are killing others, stay off. If people are offering sacrifices, or they have uh, elaborate uh, 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 moments of sorcery or witchcraft, stay away from such things. Because if you focus and stay your mind on such things, you are not offering your mind as a living, as a living sacrifice to God. And that's why in the second part he says, do not be conformed. And this is my last part. The environment around us only seeks to bring to life that we should be dead. Praise God. Amen. The environment around us 
is inviting us to evil. It tries to feed our flesh that it may come back to life and feed the evil. Praise God. Amen. But the scripture says, be ye not conformed. So the environment has not changed, by the way. Hello? Hello. The environment has not changed. Change. It remains the same. So people come and get you and tell you, you know what, Joseph? Can you try this uh, uh, bang? Can you try this big G? It has heroin. You know? Friends will tell you, you know what, you guys, you want to go to the church every other time? You're playing games with girls. So they tell you, can you come? i show you what we do here. So the environment will remain the same and it's evil. And it wants to arouse your flesh. And you will die to the flesh. And you're already dead to the flesh. So when they come to you, Paul, Peter is saying, when they invite you into your own dispositions, stay off. Praise God. It may not be popular, but it shows that you're already dead to sin. But alive in Christ. Praise God. But even when somebody else calls you, you know what, you have an open air meeting. Use your feet to get there and use your mouth to declare Jesus. Praise God. Even though one asks, you know, do you have 50 shillings? Yes. Could we buy a packet of milk? My friend's family have not had food for the last two days. And even call your father or whoever you have to ask for money. And you know what? I need to buy a packet of hunger. And some family somewhere is suffering. You're using your mouth and your hands to bless. Praise God. Amen. You are dead to sin, but alive in Christ. That's the contrast that Paul is calling us to. You're not conforming to the environment, but your mind is indeed to do what God is, is pleased to. As I conclude, he who is dead to sin must be alive in God. Some people have their own form of righteousness. That somehow they have resisted a majority of the evil around them. So they are not thieves because they have never stolen. They are not sexually immoral because they are not homosexuals. And they are not engaged in adultery or fornication. These people are contented in what they have. So they are not envious. But if you go through their hearts, sin still resides in them. Either they are under the yoke of bitterness and hate, or they have never known how to love people. Praise God. Amen. So maybe he's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So these people are still in sin, but they don't know. Then you have another group of uh, Christ people who are actually Christians. They are not under the yoke of sin, but they do nothing. And they think they are safe. And so they have become so mechanical away from the Spirit of God. So they hear what the church is doing, they'll go and do it and then go back home. Not in faith. But because people are doing it. You tell them to go for a mission walk, they'll go because they have nothing to do, so they will come. And others will even go preaching because all the other things have failed. Hello? So someone just decides to become a preacher because all the other things are not working. They are not offering their, a, a, a true sacrifice to God, a reasonable service to God. Their motivation is boredom, not the love of Christ who have loved them in a great way. So if, even if you are born again and do nothing for the kingdom of God, you are still in sin because whoever has seen the masses of God in redemption does not sit, but engages his life body in doing which is pleasing to God. Whatever they do, they think, will this glorify God? And if for the last two, three years, they have nothing to glorify God for, are they alive in Christ? Are they offering their bodies as a living sacrifice? And so, they err in what they do not do. 
not in what they do. And there are so many Christians who continue to walk in error because they have omitted to do which the Father has called them to do. They are still not offering their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. We have been called to what I would call a dichotomy of things. The flesh is dead, but we are alive in Christ. So anything that pulls us to do what is evil, we shun and abhor and rebuke it. That which causes us to please God, then we are quickened and alive. We go to haste. That's what Paul says. Abhor what is evil, but hold firm to what is good. Praise God. Abha. But do what? And so I read. Oh, he just talked and then I finished there. For the glory of God. And in the application of this, he says, we read from verse 10. We can read from verse 6. And I think this should be our uh, our concluding, our concluding um, message to you and to ourselves. The Bible says from verse 6, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans See what Paul is saying. Are you there? Romans 12. If you read from verse 5, the Bible says, I'm just going to read and then we're going to pray. The Bible says from verse 5, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. We don't exist in isolation. And then it says, Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So whatever you have received is to be used. Not to be stored. In prophecy, let us prophesy in the measure of our faith. If it's service or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Let him who teaches, then teach. Let him who encourages, then encourage. Let he who gives, gives without discrimination. Let he who leads, lead with diligence or zeal. Let he who shows mercy, Show mercy with cheerfulness. And then he says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, but cling to what is good. Be kind and affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence or zeal, but boiling or fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Then he says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation or affliction, continuing steadfastly in prayer. That is, says, distributing the needs of the saints and given to good hospitality. And then he, 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 he opens it to everyone else. Then he says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's why we are applying the members the way the Lord wants us to apply it. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Don't be jealous when they're celebrating something great. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Don't stay away from when, when people are mourning. Be with them in their mourning because you are members of one body. Be of the same mind toward one another, which you wish another person would do to you. Don't do it to them. But what you would want them to do to you when you're in a, a position, do, them to, uh, do, do it to them. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate yourself with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And then he says in verse 17, Don't pay evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, you live at peace with all men. Verse 19, Behold, beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to God, to the wrath. For it is written, 
Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he does, give him a drink. For in so doing, you heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we bless you because of your word and what you have spoken to us, that we need to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. We know you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and he has bought us with a price, which was his own blood. And so has called us to die to him, and to see, and to be alive in him. And I pray, Father, that you may forgive us. In every instance where you have done what is evil, by lettering our members or our bodies to do what is evil before you arise, we seek forgiveness. My Father, we pray that you may forgive us the sins of omission, where we have not shown our life to do that which, that which is good to you, my Father. Forgive us, where, Lord, we have not distributed the needs of others. Where, Lord, we have paid evil for evil. Where, Lord, we have not used every gift you have given unto us to serve. Whatever error and evil sin you have found in us, we pray for your forgiveness. And because we know the Spirit of God quickens us to do what is good, we ask you that you may quicken our spirits, even as we lend our bodies and our lives as a living sacrifice to you. My Father, these are our daily pleading, that having received so much from you, that we may appreciate and do that which is pleasing before your eyes. We exalt you, Lord, and we give you glory, because this is what we ought to do every day, because we have appreciated and acknowledged that which you have done. My Father, we bless you, and we worship because you are good. We pray this, believing in the name of our Lord Jesus, our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord do you good. May the Lord watch over you. And as he is, he will keep his covenant of love. And his promises upon your life are yes and amen in Christ. Be blessed. In Jesus' name.